Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. It's an absolute delight to be with you this morning and uh, just a, a great sense of God's presence here amongst us. Lots of joy and excitement uh, in the house as there's uh, many people who are going to be taking their next step. You know, growth track that we talk about is very much helping people to take the next step. And, you know, if this is part of the life of the church that you belong to, then as Phil has already said, I'd encourage you to get on growth track and figure out what your next step may be. I was in worship this morning, as we all were, and I just had a real impression. So just before I get to the ministry, I just want to put this out there. I think there's somebody who's been... Uh, certainly it's, it's 20 years plus and, and you've continued to, to dig a well of unforgiveness. Okay, so when Phil says he'll never let you down, you feel utterly let down by this person. So it was, that's why I knew it was a very connected word. And, and it was very clear for over 20 years. And you've continued to dig the well of unforgiveness. And instead of things getting better, things have got worse. And you've been crying out to God and all along it's been staring you in the face. And I just want to encourage you, whoever you are, just release it in Jesus' name. And how do you do that? Well, I'd encourage you to probably find a place today and say, God, help me in this situation that has caused me so much pain to come to a place where I can release forgiveness to these people. And I think once you begin to do that, you may be able to send a card, a text, a letter that may not even be alive but you actually begin to release something. So whoever you are, I hope you really receive that in Jesus' name because it's going to really help you to move forward. And if I can really boldly say, if you don't do what I've said, you won't move forward. You just stay where you are. So we're in a series this morning. And uh, we like series in this church, don't we? If you're from Arena Church, just give me a wave. And you're like, yeah, we love, we love series. And we always do it by series. And we're in a series called I Am Who You Say. I am. There's been a great anthem song that's been sung around the nation and around the world uh, from Hillsong. And we just thought we'd pick up on that theme. I am who you say I am. So we're specifically speaking into identity and uh, who we are. But my joy this morning is to talk about who God is. If we're going to look at identity, we need to look at the identity of God. So I'm going to launch straight into it, if that's okay. I'm going to read a few verses, and then I'm going to make a few introductory comments, and then we're going to drive right down into the weeds. Is that okay? Just the nudge the person next to you said, it may be warm, but stay awake. Okay. Great stuff. In Romans in chapter 8 and verses 15 to 17 from the message version, it reads this. The resurrection life you receive from God, it's not a timid, grave-tending life, but it's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa. God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are. We are father and children. I'll stop there, even though the verses are amazing. We see there clearly that as we connect with the father heart of God, we begin to clearly understand who we are, but also who he 
is. And if you're here this morning and you have no understanding of God and what God is like, I'm hopeful and have been praying over it, then in these next 20 minutes, God will just open your eyes to begin to see something of the kind of God that I know. Because my challenge this morning is very difficult because I'm endeavouring to talk about who God is and the fact is philosophers and very clever people have deliberated and have dedicated centuries to try and understand this and I have 20 minutes. So you're going to have to just go with me. I'm going to present a snapshot of who God is. Now, as I begin, I want to just say, I'll be using interchangeable words like God and Jesus because at Arena, we believe in the Trinity of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Can I hear a big amen, Arena Rights, please? Okay. So when I'm using that, I'm using it interchangeable. We're trying to understand what God and who, who God really is. John 14 verse 9 says this, Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And the first thing I want to say is this about who God is like, because you may be saying, who is this guy on the platform? First time you've met with him, what do you know? Well, the more I go on the journey with God, the more I realise, the less I know. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But what I do know is this, I know him personally. I know him personally. And nobody can take the personal uh, experience that I've had with God, with Jesus. It's, it's an example of this. Uh, there's, a, there's a few national leaders that I know. I'm not talking about political or sporting-wise. I'm talking about church-wise. And there's numbers of people who've said, I find such and such to be quite aloof or distant or... And as I heard that, I thought, they don't know that person. Because the person they're talking about is not the one I know. Because the person they're talking about, I know personally. Does that make sense? You know, some people have an impression of me. I know I love to sing, don't I guys? I love to sing and I love to be out there. Uh, And and, and some people may look at me as, is this, is that, is the other, is this kind of character. The reality is, for the first time you've met me, you have already formed an opinion of me, and yet you don't know me. If you think I'm brilliant, oh, I'm all that, okay? I'm all all that. If you think I'm a handsome guy, oh, I'm all that, okay? I'm joking. But if you think, oh, I don't like that guy, you know, he seems a bit off, and what's all this white shoes that he's got on, and couldn't he smile himself up like the the other guy, and, you know, listen to me, don't form him. You don't know me. It's about knowing someone personally. So when I'm talking about God and what God is like, I'm not speaking from a place of knowledge or learning, but I'm speaking from a place of experience. Now I've dedicated the last 25 years to understand God God more and to learn and to lean into knowledge and understanding and read books and hear speakers and different things. But no one can take away the experience that I've had with Jesus, with God as my Father. You see in verse 16 of the verses that we read at the very beginning, it says God's Spirit touches, 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 touches our spirits. 
You know, the touch is very intimate. By the way, this is my wife, so I'm allowed to do this. This is a, a touch. There's an intimacy. And God's spirit touches our spirits. And then we know. And then we know. And my prayer this morning is for those who don't know, you will know. For those who've never had the touch of God, you may have studied, you may have even been to theological seminary. You may have read lots of books. You may know lots of things about all kinds of things. You may have been going to church. You may have been confirmed. You may have been all that christened, all those kinds of things. But you don't know. But I just pray today, not because I know more than you, not at all. I'm humbly coming before you. But I pray that there will be a touch from God upon your heart. And you will know him personally. I love the story of one of my favourite heroes in the Bible. If you've never read the Bible, at the end we've got a book that would love to give you the greatest gift we could ever give you. It is the Bible. And so come and see our prayer point and they'll gladly give you a Bible. But I just love this book. And in this book you see lots of different characters and there's a guy by the name who was originally named Saul. They changed his name. Actually changed his identity. Because he used to be a persecutor of Christians. He'd be the kind of guy who'd be walking along saying, I don't like, I don't like Arena Church. I don't like those people. And I'm going to do everything I can to shut the doors of that church. You know, there is people around the world. This is the kind of society that we live in. You know, I'm just out there. You know, I know there's a lot of people. As soon as I say, it's always interesting, the introduction. Hi, you know, I'm Christian. Hi, I'm John. And then the usual question is, so what do you do? Just at that point, I'm always like, what? Do I lie? Yeah, I'll lie. I'll lie this time. You know, I'm a managing director. I'm, you know, I'm... And then I think, oh no, some of you are looking at me and think, are you real? No, I don't lie. I, I just, I think, oh God, I've got to be honest, haven't I? Because what if they find out uh, about me? So I say, well, actually, I'm a minister. As soon as I say that, some people, you can see them literally just doing this. Like, I, I, all of a sudden, I become weird. I mean, I am weird, but I've become really, really weird. And this is the kind of guy that this, this guy we're talking about, Saul was. And it reads about him in Acts chapter 9 and verses 3 to 5. This is why we're quoting a lot of Bible and I'd love to give you a Bible at the end. Because Saul had a touch of God on him. He had an experience. Very quickly it says in Acts 9 verse 3, Saul neared Damascus and he was on his journey because he was going to shut the Christians down. And suddenly there was a light from heaven that flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Verse 5, he says, who are you, Lord? I think he already knew who he was. And and, and the answer was, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. By the way, we have this phrase, don't we? Oh, they've had a Damascus Road experience. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that phrase before. This is where it comes from. A flashing light, a revelation. And there was a personal experience that Saul had. And there are many, many people. And by the way, I'm delighted by those who are going through the waters of baptism. Because this is all they're saying. We've had a touch of God. We're not perfect. 
We're not, we're not like, all oh, got it all wrapped up and sorted, but we've had a touch of God. God has changed us. God is in our lives and we want to celebrate the fact and we want to live for him for the rest of our days. Is that true, those who are going through the waters of baptism today? That's in essence what they are saying. And this is their next step. And it's a public demonstration. They've had a personal touch. So I say all that because I want to now just present two particular thoughts to you. So this is the personal, and at the end of the service, if anybody wants to come and talk to me or any of the guys on the front, we'd love to talk with you about that. But in this personal encounter that I've had with Jesus, in my studies, I've realised there's two particular things. There's more than that, but there's two particular you know, images that I want to present about God. So this is the thing that I want to say. First of all, he is both lamb and lion. He's both the lion and the lamb. Now, why do we use those two images, animal images, you know, to describe God? Well, these are images that are used in the Bible. That's the first thing to say, to describe the nature, the character of God. Let me just address the thought of the lion, first of all, because in Revelations in chapter 5, verse 5, it's that scary book. Ooh, Revelation. Ooh, even if you've never been in church, you love reading, reading Revelation. Ooh, I was having a drink with a guy who's on a bit of a spiritual journey. He says, I want to talk to you about Revelation. I was going, ooh, ooh. I was really amming it up a bit, actually. Revelations 5, verse 5. It says, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, see the lion of the tribe of Judah, that is an image of Jesus, that is an image of God. The root of David has triumphed. So my question is, why a lion? Well, a lion is powerful. Oh, they're graceful. They, you know, they, what am I doing? I don't know this. I don't know what comes over me at times. They, you know, they have this mane, you know. They're powerful, they're majestic, they're fearsome, they're... Oh. We were at a basketball match last night. Every time this guy dunked, he went like this to the crowd afterwards. It was quite hilarious. I turned into Caroline and I was doing this. She wasn't impressed at all, okay. Fearsome and strong. You see, the lions lead. They're the king of, of any jungle. And what is the significance of this description? Well, I think what God is trying to help us to understand in what he's like, he has the attributes, the characteristics, the identity of a lion. You see, God is almighty. His power is almighty. His strength is immeasurable. His truth is incal- incalculable. It's incredible that God is all of this. And there are many, many people who've all they ever heard about God is that God is fierce, he's scary and strong, but he's against them. They hear that God is disappointed with them. They heard that God dislikes them. I want to say they're all lies. They're all lies. Hear me today. They're all a pack of lies. God is not disappointed with you. 
God does not hate you. God, God is not against you. We've sung it. God is for you. God loves you. God is committed to you. Even in where you're at, even in your sinful state, even in your worst state, God loves you. There is nothing that could cause God to love you more than you presently are in. And that is an amazing story, an amazing grace that we love to preach from this platform and from this church. But I want to tell you that God is absolutely strong and He is righteous, righteous, and He is full of truth. He really is. I love what it says, uh, well, J. John quote, this is a J. John quote, who's a, a well-known English uh, preacher. He said, Jesus didn't come to, with regard to your sin, rub it out. Uh, sorry, Jesus came to rub it out, your sins, not rub it in. So we see here in three verses that I just want to share with you. Psalm 105, 145, verse 17, it says, The Lord is righteous in all his way and faithful in all, his do- in all he does because he has the characteristics of that lion, strength, truth, rightness. In Psalm 7, verse 11, it says, God is a good judge, but he always condemns evil. I say to people, you can't expect God to bless evil. You can't expect God to bless bad decisions. Listen, we need to do, we need to do right. Church, are you hearing me? We need to live right. We need to walk right. We need to see right. We need to touch right. We need, our lives need to be one that we're committed to rightness and then we can expect God to bless us. But he always condemns evil. And there's a picture of Jesus in John 1 verse 14 where it says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. We see the truth here of the lion, the truth of the lion, the majesticness of the lion, the power of the lion. And honestly, I'd love to open it up a little bit more this morning. But as I say, because of time, we haven't got the time to be able to do that. But I want you to just understand that God is a God of rightness and justness and power. But also he is a God of incredible mercy because he's also the lamb. Why a lamb? Well, it's a symbol of sacrifice, simplicity and surrender. You know, the Old Testament sacrifice would often be a a lamb without spot, without blemish, without defect. And it was sacrificed on the altar for the sins of man. And this is what happened because the Bible describes Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was that ultimate perfect lamb. Once and for all sacrifice for the sins of mankind, both now and forevermore. This is a picture of God saying to us, not only am I the lion, but I'm also the lamb. I come with surrender. I come with simplicity. I come amongst the common man. I come amongst the common people. Some people say God is just for those who are God. No, God is for everybody. In fact, we believe that everybody is a somebody, an arena. And it doesn't matter where we've come from. Like I've already said earlier, God loves us. He loves us. He loves us. And we see in Romans in chapter 2 and verse 4, again, just a couple of verses to just help us about the imagery of the Lamb. Because Romans 2 verse 4 describes God's kindness, kindness that is intended to lead us to repentance. He came with the kindness, the softness, the gentleness 
of a lamb. But it was to lead us to repentance. Can I say boldly? If we've never repented of our sins, if we've never asked Jesus Christ into our lives, I don't care how religious you are or how good you are or how much money you give to UNICEF or how committed you are to Oxfam, there is only one way to Jesus, only one way to God and it's through Jesus. It's not through good works. It's not by trying to live right. Listen, we've got a stack for hundreds of people around Arena who thought they could give the way into the kingdom, be good to get to God and then they realised they couldn't. It's only through us repenting of our sins that we can find an access point to God. And God's kindness, the kindness of a lamb, it leads us to repentance. In Ephesians 2 verse 5, it says this, it's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, immense in grace and mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. And he took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. Some of you here today are not alive. You are not living. You are breathing, but you are not living. And I'm not speaking boldly, but I just want to encourage everybody to step into this life that God has promised every single one of us. It's not a grave tending life. It's adventurously expectant as we read at the very beginning. God gives us an offer of a life in Him that is amazing. You see, the Lamb speaks of God's love, kindness, patience, mercy, and forgiveness. See, God is both the Lion and the Lamb. He is both full of grace and truth. Let me just underline this point about the grace of God. Because grace is God giving to us that which we don't deserve. All of us are undeserving. But God poured out his grace. It's an old hymn. It's one of my favourites. I I sensed as well when we went to an older hymn, the the noise level ramped up because we all knew it. But when we sing Amazing Grace, I'll often be moved by the amazing grace of God over my life. It's amazing, friend. It's amazing. And you can be a receiver of that amazing grace today see some have presented christianity as primarily what we do for god that's not the gospel of good news the good news is that although we should be punished because of our sins god who is rich in mercy in truth and love dealt with our punishment through his son and poured out his grace upon us so that we can be saved forgiven and free I want to remind you at the very beginning, it said God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. And in the best way possible, I've, in the last 20 minutes, I've tried to present something of pictures. God is a lamb. He wants rightness. He is powerful. You can lean into him. He will never let you down. Because he's powerful and strong. You can know the, the, the undergirding arms of God wrapped around you. Because he is that lion. But he's also that lamb. That comes with love and sacrifice and simplicity. And pours out his grace and love upon you. When I was asked to speak this message. My mind went to a clip of 25 years ago. That they've now put on YouTube. And in a moment, if you get it queued up. We're going to watch it. To give you a context, it's only three minutes. I'm going to invite the, the musicians to come onto the stage if you'd come now, please. 
But all I would say is this, as we watch it, just open your heart because this is a man who knew God and he describes God in ways that I could never even describe him. It's amazing. The other amazing thing about it is this is a prayer. He was asked to pray at a national convention of pastors and my goodness, what is in you certainly comes out of you. And it certainly comes out of this man. So just listen up. It's going to come on the screens. If we can play it loud so they can hear it. And then I'll come in and I'll pray at the end. Thank you. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduring strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. Wow, 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 wow. 
I wonder if we just all bow our heads for a moment. As you do that, I saved the video right to the end. Because if we'd have had the video, we couldn't, we didn't want to have needed 20 minutes of my presentation. This is the king that he described. And there's something of what you've heard this morning resonates in your heart. Do you know him? Because he knows you and wants to know you personally. He wants you to know him personally. Just while every eye is closed and head is bowed. I'm not going to prolong this longer than I need to. But if you're here today and you said, Christian, I want to know this, Jesus. I want to begin the journey of following Jesus. I want to know what it is to have my sins forgiven. I want to experience the lamb and the lion. I wonder if you just raise your hand where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Just raise it high. Great. Great. Say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand where you are. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to ask him to be my Lord. I want to ask him to be my saviour. I want to ask him to be my master. I want to give him everything. I want to walk in that forgiveness that he's provided for me. Hands that have gone up. Great. I see your hands. Anybody else today? Just in the closing moments, anybody else today? Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, we thank you that you are still changing lives. Thank you that you are still taking lives that are broken and putting them back together. Lord, thank you that you are for everybody. Thank you that it doesn't matter where we come from. Your love reaches us. It reaches us. And I just thank you, Lord, for this morning that your love is reaching people. And I pray, God, that your love would reach down into every heart. And you would change lives. You would wash people clean. And you would give people a brand new start. I pray, Lord, that the lies that they've received that have come against them because the enemy's plan is to steal, kill and destroy. We break that power over every person who's responded in their heart and publicly. We speak life and life in all of its fullness over every person that's responded in Jesus' name. And thank you that we celebrate with all of heaven that says, as one sinner is coming to you, all heaven is having a party celebrating lives that are being changed. And we celebrate with all of heaven how people have stepped into salvation this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray across this congregation, those who are hurting, those who are in need, those who are sick if you have a just while every eye is closed if you have a need this morning I'm not going to ask you to come out I just want to pray for you it may be sickness it may be a difficulty it may be a challenge just raise your hand up where you are now just believe there's faith in my heart to believe God for hands that have raised many many hands I pray Lord Jesus now whatever these people need whatever this congregation needs I pray now according to the faith that's in me I pray Lord that there will be breakthrough I pray Lord that there will be change I pray Lord that there will be a turnaround 
ground in the name of Jesus where there's sickness there would be healing in Jesus name where there is difficulties in families there would be peace and reconciliation where there are financial pressures that are not as a result of their their own stupidity there would be a breakthrough in finance and in businesses in Jesus name and Lord I just pray where there are marriages that are strained you would reconcile and put it back together may you pour in your love Lord may you pour in your love in Jesus name we look forward to hearing of great things that have taken place as a result of people responding and reaching out in faith in Jesus name in Jesus name just before I hand back to Phil listen to me guys if you responded in faith this morning to say I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Saviour please 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 don't go out of this building without doing at least one of the two things one go and speak into the guys with a here to help t-shirts at the prayer point they've got a bible they've just got a bit of information they're going to give to you it'd be great if you give us your your email address or you know your contact details and fill or talk into that not because we're going to pester you because we're not a pestering church we don't need to pester where there's life, where there's health, people come. So we don't need to be worried about those things. But we just want to help you. That's all. So if you if you know you, you've stepped into something, go and see them. Or talk to the person that you came with. And say, yeah, I responded. And they'll help you on the journey to faith. And we really believe that God is building His church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it.